Welcome back to episode 15 of the Down Under the Ring podcast. I know, I know, it's okay though, we're here, we're back. It's me, The Warship, your host, alongside Feed Awesome. Now, obviously you guys know that I said we were going to have a solo session after Fid left to go to PAX. Didn't end up happening. I did also tell Fid that if Fid didn't come home with the gold didn't bring home the bacon, that he wouldn't be allowed to come and talk again. So we've had a week off and I have dismissed him, but he's come back with an apology. So, Fid, how are you going? I, 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 I have got an apology to make. Uh, there is a title that goes around at PAX, which is the PAX World Championship. Um, I have fought for it in the past and uh, you did give me the mission. You looked me in the eye and you said... If you don't come home with it, don't come home. That's exactly it. And you didn't come home with it. Uh, I didn't come home with it. But in my defense, I also did not see the title <laughs> the entire time I was there because I was a busy wee boy. Yes, yes. And that's okay too. Obviously, you know, you're not there just to get the title. It would have been nice. And. In saying that, you also gave me another mission on the last podcast, <laughs> which you said I had to come back with a new sponsor for the show. Yes, I did. And you know this already. We we might have a new sponsor for the well, show. Let's go. You see, that's okay. We, we, yeah, so we, we're working on things. We will let you know as soon as ink is dried. But I did also, before we get started, I do want to give a shout out to Andrew at OG Nerd because I got to meet our sponsor in person and true to your word he is a good cunt <laughs> yeah no, he is awesome andrew is one of my favorite people honestly and i've met a lot of people during the old content creation game there during my time on twitch which by the way i'm back at least at the moment three days a week over at twitch.tv slash the warship so a little bit of a cheap plug for myself right there absolutely but i am back doing don't, that now wait, too. pause the podcast open up your twitch go and give him a follow <laughs> do it now actually we'll we'll drop We'll put a link in the uh, description of the potty so you can click straight through. I think that it's been really good to get back into it. Honestly, it's felt really nice to do it. But, yeah, out of yeah. all the people that I've met in content, uh, Andrew is one of the best ones, like legitimately one of the coolest yeah. guys. Oh, absolutely. Got to hang out with him and had a really good chat and talked about the future of the podcast and what he wants to do to help us out and get involved. And, yeah, good things coming. Good things coming. I... I just am genuinely happy that we have someone who is like actually interested in it, you know, and, and committed to doing oh. it. So like I almost always wear OG nerd clothes. Like I have so many of them and they are pretty much my daily wear at the moment. Bro, he was he was telling me about some of the new designs that are coming out and they it's... so I'm really looking forward. And do you know what I love about the guy? He's a genuine fan of pro wrestling. He's a genuine fan of what we're doing and super supportive of us and he wants to be involved and that's so cool. Yeah, no, exactly right. You see, the thing is when it comes to like people that you meet through industry and in wrestling too, so not to deter from the wrestling conversation, in wrestling mm. as well, is there are certain people you meet that when you click with them, you just know you're good. You know, you know that you're good yep. and they're good and you're going to be fine. There are some people you meet in wrestling and in content where you go, who's this fuckhead? And, and you put a smile on, <laughs> but, but you kind of don't want to do that at all. And speaking of who's this fuckhead, let me segue into today's subjects. 
we got to know something about this. I don't. It's not quite framed this way in our starting talking points here. But is Tony yeah. Khan actually going crazy? Are the Tuesday Night Wars here? <laughs> the Undertaker returns, and L.A. Knight. Yeah. Is he the man now? That's the questions we've got for you this week, plus so much more on the Down Under the Ring podcast. Before we go any further, this show is brought to you by OG Nerd. OG Nerd represents the gamers, the cosplayers, the collectors, the model makers, the tattooists, the artists, and the athletes. They are not just a clothing brand. They are a subculture. OG Nerd revel in their halcyon youth and embrace the lifestyle driven by nostalgia, humble beginnings and heroes og nerd strives to offer quality comfortable and above all stylish streetwear apparel inspired by a lifetime of gaming music and street art i've worked with og nerd for many years and find their apparel second to none in terms of quality and appearance whether it's at a wrestling show or a convention you'll be hard pressed to find a better armor for your rig get yours at ognerdlife.com <laughs> all right yeah D- this week we look i'm gonna start it off by saying we've only got one show this week i've been a busy boy and i've got a hell of a week coming up so we're just gonna go over like a lot of main points with wwe and AEW. but let's get things rolling with uh, the person who is essentially crowned as being the future of wwe a year or so ago cody rose yeah so he, he was brought back and we were all basically told that he's here to finish the story and what, two main years later, the story still has not been finished? What's happening? So the big issue that I feel here is is that we have fast lane roll up. You weren't here, by the way. You were off doing some bullshit. You weren't here. The fast lane rolled away. I did. And... I did watch. I did watch fast lane after. It yes, you did. Yeah, no, but we, we, so fast lane rolls around. We've got a throwaway match. In my eyes, anyway, it didn't feel like it was going to be anything special. It was just going to be Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso versus the Judgment Day in a throwaway match for the Tag Team Championships. I fully expected mm. the Judgment Day to pull fuckery like they always do and maybe even set up Damian Priest for later in the night to go for the title. Yep. But a bit of a there. None of that happened at all yep. because Cody and Jay won. And it was shocking to say the very least because I looked at Cody and he's got the belts and he's looking at the belts and he's happy and he does the stupid chink chink thing that they did with the Usos with yep. the belts. And it was just like, bro, is this it? Because he's been a tag team champion before. And yeah. it really feels like the story itself is just derailed completely off track. It's like there are so many other moving parts right now and he has had to wait now three times for some different moving parts to show up and then push him to the back of the line again. And it really feels like this might be the furthest push back yet. Sure, he won the belts, but that solidifies him in the tag division for the time being. What do you think? I 100% agree. Like, it looks like we're massively derailed with the story. I think it does more for Jay than it does for Cody but you know there's some other things that are moving in the background as well there are some interesting things here it's you've got these boys with the titles Cody's brought him over to Raw in exchange for who and we end up getting that answered on Smackdown this week right he 
Cody has single-handedly derailed the entire tag division because we've now got Kevin Owens on a different show than Sammy. Yeah. Because of Cody's decision. So the entire tag division has been derailed because of Cody. That's an interesting story. But it's not the story, right? No. Also, can we also touch on, very quickly, the press conference afterwards? Oh, my fucking God. That was the funniest shit I have ever seen happen at a press conference. Oh, dude. If you haven't seen it, go and watch it after you've listened to the podcast. But both Cody and Jay had clearly had a few celebratory drinks in the bus. And I think... Jay may have had a few more than Cody. Cody was clearly intoxicated. He was as well. trying so hard, though, so oh. hard not to be just smash drunk out there. But yeah, he, well, they were both fucked. Jay didn't give a fuck. No, though. no. And like, he's even <laughs> the point there. He was like, "Sorry, Hunter." Because <laughs> like, like, he yeah, but he's also there. he's getting so distracted by things happening in the room as well. Like someone walks in the room and he's, "Oh my god, it's somebody or other." She'd been here since before our daddies worked here, and there's <laughs> some other guy asked me a question. He's like, "You're like 20 years old," and he just kept going like everybody the yeah. whole time. And then the best, obviously, was when old mate Paul comes out after them and just casually sits down and yeet like that. <laughs> like, he says it once. He <laughs> says it once. Yeah. Oh, man. But no, look, no bad blood. I checked the reports all over the shop. There's no bad blood after that at all. Oh, clearly there was no bad blood because WWE put it, the videos out. Yeah. One, they cut it down for YouTube, yeah. put it out on its own. But they've also put it all over their Instagram yeah, and socials. Yeah, it's been put into shorts and, and TikTok and all of it as well. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I thought it was really funny. Obviously, that's a little bit off tra- topic here for what we're talking about. But they did try to recover the story on SmackDown. I don't know if you've had a chance to check it yet, but after the match that they had on SmackDown versus Grayson Waller and Austin Theory. As as Cody and Jay were walking back up the ramp, the Bloodline music hit and Roman came yes. out and Roman and Cody stared the fuck out of each other. And in that moment, it felt like we're going to WrestleMania. But that is the first time it's felt like that in months. That was a great stare down. It was so, so I did good. see this. Yeah. It was like, we've seen stare downs in WWE before plenty of times, but... Normally, it doesn't ju- doesn't feel real, right? Yep. It always feels like it's a bit hokey. This one felt good, like the surprise in their face when the music hit, when it was just Solo and the other Uso walking out at first. They were like a bit more calm and then followed out by the wise man and Roman. Like it looked, it was genuine. It was it was dope. It was really good. Yeah, I noticed that the wise man went from having white hair to black hair the second that Roman showed back up as well, which I thought was a great subtle touch too. Because obviously Paul's been Absolutely. stressing the fuck out without Roman there, and then Roman comes back and he's all back to normal. I thought it was really really good. This is this is the awesome thing I think under the Triple H regime of creative, as he's allowing or he's almost enforcing subtle storytelling so all these little things like exactly that watching Paul Heyman fall to bits because he's stressing out but the things happening in the background of shots and all that sort of thing it's super subtle but we're, we're wrestling fans we buy into every little nugget you give us I think Vince's way of storytelling has been treat them like idiots for so long 
Yeah, I mean, like, if you look back in time, like when Triple H first sort of took over the creative side of things and just even agenting matches, whenever he would do that, you would notice that both the guys would wear the same colour gear. Like, he's very Mm. down-to-the-wire perceptive on what he thinks works when it comes to wrestling. And Mm. him having the ball, as was reported this week, TKO have essentially knighted Triple H as the creative guy now. Above yeah. all so else. I believe it's being confirmed by TKO as well yeah. now. That, yeah, Vince has been pulled away from creative. His job now is solely looking after the business side of things, negotiating the new deals and all that sort of thing. And I wonder if after the new deals are signed, we see Vince get pushed further out the door. Yeah, look, it honestly wouldn't surprise me. I think he would probably have some kind of downside guarantee, but that downside guarantee would probably end up him just being a figurehead, you know, just being like a representative for it. Still getting paid the same, but not having any authority within the thing at all. And, you know, if that happens, there's a lot of stuff that will change pretty quickly, I would yeah. think, within the company. Absolutely. You know, there's this other report, which we haven't mentioned either, this other report that's going around at the moment around CM Punk, where they've said that the current vibe is no for a CM Punk return, mm. but that comes from the desk of Vince McMahon himself, and apparently Triple H and Nick Khan are just co-signing it because that's what Vince wants. That's obviously a grudge situation on Vince's side of things. So it'd be really interesting to see how many other little grudges like that instantly dissolve once Vince is out of the picture. Complete side note here. There was a, and this is CM Punk related, there was an interesting tweet I saw earlier today, which was, if you're in charge of WWE, who would you sign? And they were asking people, you know, would you sign this one, this one, this one, or this one? It was an inside the ropes tweet. Would you sign? You're only allowed to sign one. CM Punk, Will Ospreay, Kenny Omega, Kazuchika Okada. Yeah, okay. I'm curious what your answer is, but this was my one. It was like I had a reason for almost all of them. If you're wanting a quick bump in ratings and merch sales, Punk, 100%. Right? Yep. If you want to make a good kill shot in the war with AEW, Kenny Omega. Mm -hmm. Easy. Right? If you want a future face of this company someone that is going to become a star and could potentially be up there with Roman and Cody is Osprey. However, I have said, don't let WWE sign Okada. They've got a history of no, not having a clue what to do with amazing Japanese talent. Yeah, no, look, I fully agree <laughs> with that too. I, I, everything you said is bang on the head. Like everything you said is bang on the head there. As much as I would love to see Okada get that big screen, that big stage vibe, you know, and get all of the glory that comes with yeah. that, they will just treat him like shit and he'll be eating fucking sushi by the end of next year. Yeah. They're just racist when it comes to their characterization of the wrestlers. They, they put them all in fucking geese, like they're all karate people, and yeah. none of them get what they deserve out of it. So it's, it's been like that since forever. So I wouldn't yeah. expect that to change at all. Kenny Omega is the linchpin, I think. That one there, that ends it. Like, that straight up ends everything because yeah. he's, like, ripping out the heart Kano style is what that does. But, yeah, no, I fully agree with everything you say there. Like I think that's bang on the money. All right, moving right along. This week we saw for the first time in, what, three years? Maybe two years? WWE going head-to-head with weekly programming of AEW versus NXT. Bit of backstory, this wasn't something that was done intentionally to put them head-to-head. AEW 
basically were told by the network, you're moving to Tuesday because we need your time slot for baseball. And NXT was on that same time slot. Last time we saw these two shows go head-to-head was under the rainbow spew version (laughs) of NXT. And AEW consistently kicked ass on it. However, this time around, Triple H and Shawn Michaels are clearly in charge. And they were like, you're coming to our time slot now. Let's go to war. Yeah. And boy, oh boy, what a war they brought. The numbers told the tale. I think it was 900,000 compared to 600. I think was the rough tally there. And not only did they bring LA Knight over, not only did they bring John Cena over, but they brought The Undertaker back for a night, which is something that is just... That is the absolute biggest gun they had in possession. They pulled that out. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, yeah. anytime every, he's there, it's every, it. Everyone, everyone else, is, all those others on that list are like a semi-automatic weapon, right? Yeah. And they were like, somebody at the last minute was like, no, we need to bring out the nuke. It, yeah. It's just, it, that's a big shot. And my own personal complaints aside, because he came out to fucking American Badass by Kid Rock, and I was like, what? That's the worst. He hasn't used this since yeah. his debut as the American Badass. Holy shit. My, oh, the amount of censoring they have to do whenever that song comes on as well. It's legitimately just heinous. But, yeah, yeah seeing him come out, and what i got to say too, holy shit, Bron Breaker, I don't know what it is about him recently, but... He's tweaked his voice a little bit more than normal. He sounds exactly like Uncle Scott now. Not even a little oh, bit. That is right. They're fucking carbon, carbon copies of each other now. I'm waiting for him to explain math and call someone fat on the roster. You know, I'm, yeah. <laughs> it just it's exactly the same. Put him on the main roster, call him Bron Steiner, and I will be the happiest boy. I would just be. He should be a Steiner. He should be a he Steiner. He should be a Steiner. It's a Steiner legacy thing. He looks exactly like his dad, exactly like his uncle. He talks exactly like his uncle. He's yeah. as big. He, he legitimately reminds me of Scott before he ate another man who had eaten another man who had taken steroids. Because, like, <laughs> he, he, he has that physique where that Scott had – when he was doing the the, Sky, the, the Steiner screwdriver, Great. you know, during the early run in the WWE. The, the OG Steiner yeah, brothers. Yeah, yeah, he legitimately has the same physique. Down to the way his V-taper works, it's exactly the same. Yeah, make him a Steiner for sure. But that was really cool. Good interaction. He got some hops on the chokes there from The Undertaker. Made Undertaker look like a billion dollars. Yeah. Undertaker said some really interesting things as well, talking about being the big dog who runs the yard and all of that again, you know. There's always a bigger yep. one, which, you know, obviously that was his catchphrase when he first came back, but it was also co-opted by Roman Reigns, leading to a lot of speculation, mm-hmm. which is not real, but that maybe he's going to have another bit of a go around. I personally think this is a one-and-done thing. Nah. But, yep. yeah. Take, take his done. Stop trying to bring him back. I don't want to see him back in the ring. Don't water down the... Memory that we have of him. Oh, come on, Let him pal. Rest. One more WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I thought John Cena's interaction with the crowd was amazing. Like, when was the last time you heard of John Cena getting universally cheered? That crowd was stoked to see Cena. Yeah, because it's like, it reminds me of like when people would go to ECW, you know, it's like when someone famous yep. would show up, it's, oh, 
they actually bothered to come here, you know, or the early NXT yeah. days where, or the black and gold era days of NXT where you get someone come down for a match. It, it just oh, felt I remember special. when CM Punk turned up in NXT. Yeah, exactly right. It was a huge deal. Here's my breakdown of that whole day, though. I watched both shows, and essentially the what this is how it felt to me was the booking of NXT felt, here's all of our big guns that we're bringing in. Sean, try and make something work around them. And it didn't feel like... It didn't feel like an NXT show, and it didn't feel like a main roster show. It felt weird to watch. It was clearly a don't turn this channel off. It was all it felt like. Whereas AEW, what they put on was just a really fucking good show, wrestling-wise. What I did notice with AEW, though, is while they did do some stuff to further stories, blah, 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 all that sort of thing, they clearly knew that they were not going to have a massive rating this week. So they didn't bother with surprises or anything like that. They were just like, let's put on the best show we can with who we've got. We'll put Edge out there because he's going to be a ratings draw. People will want to see him fight here. Yeah, one one felt like a better wrestling show. The other one just felt like a don't change the channel show. Yeah, and that's unfortunate too because like – at the end of the day, I wrote it in our notes today, is is that I literally wrote under the AEW heading, some shit happened. Because I just there was such a difference there. It just didn't it just didn't feel like the same thing at all. You know, like nah. this was a WWE centric week. Like in my eyes. It, it oh, was absolutely so was. much forward that way. And we've got a lot of stuff here that a lot of stuff in this in this notes section here, which we usually don't when it comes to the WWE shows. It's usually more about talking about what is happening with individual characters. But looking at this this write up here, there's a lot of things, that, and they all are important. Like they're all yeah. good things to talk about. Like this other one, this massive one, is is the the next point here, which is the fact that Adam Pearce has been relieved of his duties as the overarching general manager. We got the game back. Triple H coming down to the ring. It was so nice to see it. I fucking love him. He's my favourite. Yeah. Have him come in the ring, and he's you know we're gonna go talk to this guy who's really really fucking good at his job. He never gets the props he deserves. Adam Pearce, you're kind of fired, but not really because. You're now being promoted. You're the new Raw general manager. They, he put Adam Pierce. Oh over. yeah, talking about it, it was awesome. Like, uh, and it made like you could see Adam Adam Pierce is like doing a little bit of almost cry about it. You know, like I don't think he expected mm. to be spoken to about himself that way. And he's you know, and so you're the Raw general manager. That means, however, that we don't need. We don't. We, we need. We need a general manager here because you can't do that as well. That's silly. You know, you've been doing it this yeah, whole that's time. That's too much work. That's too much work for a guy like you. But I've got another guy, and unfortunately, the reaction wasn't what I thought it should be. But for me, I was Agreed. losing my fucking mind. In the, in the, even though I knew it was coming, I was losing my mind on the couch because Triple H announces Nick Aldis as the general manager of SmackDown. 
Okay, so I missed the lead up to this. Was Nick Aldis already at ringside, like doing commentary or something? I believe they might have snuck him in because he didn't come down for anything else. I feel like what happened is is that he was sitting somewhere at ringside, out of the way of the cameras. No one noticed him, yeah. and then as they were talking to Pierce, he kind of came and sat down in the timekeepers area until it was time for him to come. So he didn't get an entrance. Yeah. He got no fanfare. He just kind of walked up the steps, and then they kind of had a bit yeah, of a thing. And- I feel like that was selling Nick short because the general WWE audience probably has no idea who Nick Aldis is, why he's so great, his history and everything from NWA right through to Impact to the Indies and everything like that. I love Nick Aldis. Yeah, I do too. And I think you could have made him look important by giving him a grand entrance. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't need to be Magnus, like, you know. He didn't need to have all the fanfare, and no. he could have just come through. Could have just come through, yeah, and got a cool little entrance and all that kind of stuff. But I suppose they're trying to sell it more like a legitimate, like company role, not like I'm a professional mm. wrestler who's coming down to music, player, 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 tag team match. I think they yeah. really wanted to sell it like a professional kind of vibe to it, which they've sort of been doing with Adam as well, right? Yeah, yeah, um, um, yeah. I look. I'm so stoked for Nick. I just hope that we can get this transition into him coming back in ring eventually because I would love to see him in a WWE ring working with some of these guys. Well, I honestly hope that we're sowing some seeds because on that same night, uh, Dominic Mysterio comes to the ring and he's, hey, man, it's kind of bullshit that the Judgment Day lost the belts, etc., etc. I don't know what he said. You don't know what he said. No one knows what he said because the crowd booed the shit out of him and it was the very funniest thing I think I've seen all week, maybe even all fortnight, was Triple H saying, man, I'm sorry, we'll give you another microphone, you know. I can't hear what you're saying. And then he did it again and then he boos and he's, wow, this is crazy. It's You know, they always... They always, I've never heard that so loudly in here. Being in the middle of this ring, these boos are so loud. I always thought they piped them in until I was standing here, which is obviously a reference to how everyone has been saying that WWE pipes in the boos for Dominic Mysterio, which I thought was just fucking excellent. Absolutely. Look, I thought that was hilarious as well, actually. (laughs) Because WWE generally ignores the commentary online, and this was... You know, Triple H, the boss. Tongue-in-cheek. Just a little bit of tongue-in-cheek. Because he knows. The dude, as much as he's like an older guy, he's a social media guy. He's a internet guy. He did fucking that Snack Wars thing the other week where he tried UK versus America food. You know, he ripped on Jake Paul for Prime, all that kind of stuff. You know, like he, he, he gets it. He's he's not what you call like a meme lord guy or anything like that, but he understands like the the nuances yep. of social media. He, ke- he keeps an eye he keeps an eye on what everyone's saying. Wasn't clearly. Stephanie the social media manager for a while? She was the brand manager, which would have made her you know very aware. If she's not keeping an eye on things herself, she would have had a team reporting to her on what people are saying. So there's probably she a bit of that getting... there as well, you know? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Look, like I said, I want to see Nick in the ring eventually, but this is so cool. I did do a tweet after that debut, though, which was Impact Wrestling is the developmental territory for (laughs) WWE's management because the amount of Impact guys who are actually legitimately backstage running WWE now is crazy. Bobby Roode has now been... 
put in that spot. Yeah, Bobby Roode's producing, Abyss is producing. One of the guys that used to run Impact is now one of the key guys in the developmental creative side of things. There are so many people from Impact that are actually behind the scenes making that show happen. And look, it's awesome, Mm -hmm. but I just think it's funny that, you know, the brand that they ignored for so many years, they're now tapping into and going, you guys actually do a really good job over there and we think you should come over here and work. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's like the people that we didn't really even bother to squash are the ones that are now writing our shows for us. Yeah, Yeah, crazy crazy to think about that. I, yeah, because yeah, like you said, they didn't even attempt. No, like they never. They, because let's be honest, Impact has never been competitor to WWE on a serious level. It's been a great alternative and a great place for wrestlers to go after they leave WWE. Or they've also developed some amazing talent as well, the phenomenal one. Yeah, but you know, it's yeah. They've, they've never been a competitor, so the irony is there. It's true. It's real. Well, to go back to your tag team thing and go into this thing as well. Seeing DIY do the the glorious thing again one more time, this time with Bobby Roode. They were just standing in front of the producer room and they were doing the look at each other thing and playing the glorious theme music and as they pull it up. Oh, did they do it, did did they? And they did it and then they did it to the door and they were just looking at the door and then Bobby Roode opens the door, walks in, stares at them both for too long, nods. Goes back into the production room. <laughs> Amazing. He's really, really good. Because I'm so happy oh, about the DIY so cool. thing. And they're the guys who filled the Sabi Zayn, Kevin Owens spot. Just, in a, just, just to go oh. back to that. They're the guys who do it. 100%. 100% they are. 100% they are. I, I just hope that they can get the tag division back on track. I think they will. I think they will. You've got Pretty Deadly as well coming up with a bit now as well. You've got Street Profits. If they decide to keep Chad Gable in their... Alpha Academy, then I suppose you've got them as well. Imperium could potentially be just a tag team if you wanted. So there are some. Talking about Imperium, just quickly, not on our notes at all, but they did a solo package for Vinci this week. Yeah, I saw it because I saw Kevin Owens' reaction where he's like, what the fuck was that? (laughs) And I found that really interesting. Are they planning on breaking them up? Maybe they're just trying to highlight them. Because yeah, that's, I thought it was weird because, I mean, it was clearly one of those spots that they put in while they're showing ads in the States, right? It was They're doing a lot of that now where they'll just do packages just to fill space where ads are being shown. But, yeah, and yeah, I, I, I saw it and I was just like, hmm, are they breaking up Imperium of, or what? No, I don't think they are. I think that you, you remember... Probably not. I was going to say there was a time for a while there where in between ads they'd have the Roar is War like music and it would just kind of show like a wrestler doing some stuff for a bit. Kind of like how Dynamite does the logo. Yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, like that. I honestly think it's more just like a way to showcase individuals because, you know, you think about Imperium is that Kaiser... Like, neither of them, like, neither of them ever get really any kind of spotlight because Mm. it's all focused on Gunther, you know, like the whole thing. Mm. And even if they're in their individual matches together, they don't really get any kind of spotlight because it's always because of something that Gunther's told them to do. Yeah. Going back to the Nick Aldis thing, this is actually where we got the uh, announcement that Kevin Owens has now come over to SmackDown. Yes, it is. It is, and that is really cool because I don't hate it at all. 
I think that it's run its course at the moment with Sammy and, and Kevin. They won the belts. Mm. The only thing left to do was for Kevin to turn on Sammy. Now it's not going to happen. So it doesn't have to happen. Exactly I'm right. glad it doesn't have to happen. Exactly right. So um, not not every breakup needs to be a the bros turn on each other and we hate each other now and that's our story for the next three months. Yeah. It doesn't always have to be like that. We've seen it happening over in NXT. They've been doing that a lot where people just break up. Yeah. And there's they no... do their own thing. Yeah. No, exactly no. right. So, yeah, I, th- I like that. I think it's fine. I wasn't expecting it to be Kevin Owens at all. Like, it was a genuine shock mm. that it was Kevin Owens to me when it was reported earlier in the day. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm all for it. I think that hopefully he doesn't get lost in the mix. I'd be interested to see where he actually fits as a singles wrestler now, mm. especially without the like the direct bloodline back and forth. Yeah, I imagine he's going to set up a mid-card, right? Yeah, yeah. But I don't know where that what that means, you know, because he's not going to go for the IC belt. Is he just going to be involved in feuds that are meaningful feuds or what's he going to do? That's kind of my question. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Does he turn heel? Does he stay face? Yeah, I, I literally don't know because, it's, see, he feels like he's been so embroiled in the Judgment Day and in the Bloodline for such a long time, but now that he's kind of separate from all of that, what, what happens? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, exactly. No idea. Yeah. Look, all interesting stories going on, but we've got the most important and most interesting thing every week on WWE and that is LA Knight's moment of the week. Roll the segment. Let me talk to you. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy about everything that we saw. Holy shit. I have to say, for me, LA Knight's currently my favourite thing on WWE television week in and week out. Watching him go from strength to strength has been really, really cool. And I saw a tweet the other day. It's been a year since he dropped the Max Dupree gimmick. Think about that for a second. Only a year. So only a year. Only a year. How much he's grown as a competitor in that time is mental. Watching him go from strength to strength here. And this week was enormous. So was last week and so was Fastlane. If we didn't do any coverage for it. I'm sure you guys have seen it already. You've probably spoken to people already. You've probably listened to podcasts already. But if not, Cena and LA Knight, huge, got dub, was a great time. Now, Cena believes in LA Knight. That's become really apparent over the last couple of weeks. And mm-hmm. Cena comes out to start off the, the new season of SmackDown, as he said for some reason, because that's how they were pushing the whole thing. And pretty much before he could say anything, the Bloodline music hits and Roman comes out. And Cena's brother, I'm not here to fight you. I don't deserve it. I'm not here to do this because I haven't earned it. But I know someone yep. who has. And then LA Knight's music hit, and I swear it was the pop of the last three weeks. The fucking place exploded. And he came down to the ring, and he talked shit. He asked if Roman was going to piss himself. It was, it was this whole thing. <laughs> and there's actually a really great shot. It was going all over X. And it was like oh. a zoomed-in shot of LA Knight's glasses with Roman in the reflection. Holy shit, that yep. was incredible. But essentially, setting up Roman versus LA Knight, looking at Crown Jewel at this point. Look, don't have a problem with it. Yeah. And I, I really hope with this... Because, look, Crown Jewel is now 
a canon show. They do some dope shit there now. So we're not ignoring Crown Jewel like we used to. And I hope in this what we end up getting is clearly Roman's not going to drop the title, right? No. It's not the right place, not the right time. But I'm hoping it's one of those situations where Roman cheats to win, even though I hate that that's constantly how he's winning. I just want to see LA Knight come out of this looking strong somehow. Look, if you've got a more creative way of booking booking it, tell me. But we need a way that LA Knight comes out of this looking super cool, super strong. Not even It doesn't even have to be strong, but it just has to be still looking like he's a genuine contender in that. I've seen a little bit of footage going around from house shows this week following mm-hmm. that. I don't know if you've seen the weekend house show footage or not, no. but there was, I think it was Sammy and Kevin in a tag match and Bloodline were doing the big beatdown. Uh, LA Knight came out, runs in, Roman goes for a punch, grabs his arm, swings him around, BFT. He sold it like he'd been shot in the fucking head. He, wow. he went down, he hit, he bumped up to his back and then rolled over to his front and didn't move. Wow. And then he did it to everyone else as well. Solo charge, he ducked under, bang, BFT. Jimmy went for a super kick. He caught the super kick. Spray around, another BFT. He took out the entire bloodline on his own. I know it's a house show, so it's a bit different, but they're really playing with the rub right now. Yeah. And that's That's good. That's amazing. That's a great sign. That's a really, really big sign. All right, so uh, we've got LA Knight here who is clearly being positioned to be put in a really good spot. Uh, However, we've got what we talked about earlier with the situation with Roman and Cody, which is still looming over top. How How do we get there without, yeah, ruining... LA and I yeah. and still finish the story. It's hard. Because we need to finish the story. It's, I want to finish the story. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> I do too. But the problem with pushing the Cody thing at the same time is it almost feels like it's overshadowing it and it does make the LA Knight thing feel like a bit of a, a bit thing, you know? Like it, it, yeah. it, it takes it – if they hadn't have done it the night that it was kind of put in play, that it was Roman and LA Knight going for each other – it might have been different, but the way they did it tonight or that on SmackDown, it made it felt like this is the feud you'll do at Bad Crown Jewel, and then we'll get onto the serious big boy stuff later. Once we lose the tag titles, probably in a week or so. Like, it yeah. really felt like Cody, it makes the tag titles feel like a placeholder for Cody right now to keep his momentum going, and it makes the LA Knight push feel like the temporary push until it's Cody's time. Now, yeah, exactly. That's the issue, right? And this, we talked about this earlier earlier in the month where we've got this issue that comes up every now and then, which is the way that they're booking things, you can almost foretell where things are going. And that can be, maybe it's just a smart thing, but yeah, you're watching and you're like, I think I know where this is going. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's a good thing. But I think in this position, this situation... Not so good. No. Especially not given the momentum that he has. I've seen people posting all over socials about how I'm more interested in this now than the story. I want to see this more. And the third thing to think about as well is the fact that John Cena is also positioning himself here. Yeah. Oh, look. 
Cena doesn't need this. We don't. <laughs> no, he doesn't. It's, yeah, and the other thing is we don't know how long we've got Cena for. He did say this week, I think it was in the press conference, was the moment the strike's over and Hollywood gives him a call, he's got to go because he's halfway through production of something. Yeah, yeah. So it's We a, can't be booking too far ahead with Cena. Which is why I think... It's why I think that they're pushing him so hard into the LA Knight thing right now because they need to build another Cena before Cena leaves. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, while we're on SmackDown, we also had the official return of Carlito. Like, he, he'd already previously returned at Fastlane, which was weirdly booked, by the way. Yeah. Very weirdly booked. It was so strange. <laughs> like, why did he not just come out at the start of the match? Why did they not just get in the ring and then he's, let's see if the number worked now? You know, like, why did it have to be this, like, yeah. thing that was drawn out? And I feel like the pop would have been better if Ray was on the apron or on the entranceway and then that happened. He's going, and he's basically the, 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 the Scott Hall point to the door and Carlito comes out. Yeah, legit. That's all that needed to yeah. be. I don't yeah. know. It was, it, was, it was a strange booking. But then, of course, we got him back on SmackDown, immediately taken up by Street Profits. I'm happy to see Carlito. I don't I know what's <laughs> happening. Like, why? What the fuck? Like, why did they do such a weird thing at Fastlane? And then why, in a backstage segment, did he just get the piss beat out of him? What, did he eat somebody's lunch? What happened? Where to get the apple from? Where do you, okay, okay, there you go. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't even. The thing is, he didn't even have the apple at fast lane. No, 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 no. Because I, I don't know. He even had like different music, right? It, it was like mm. a whole different thing. I feel you know if he's going to be anything, he's got to stop spitting in the face of people who don't. They, you know, he has to. He he he, he yeah. can't have that. That gimmick has got to not exist. He can have it as a reference, yeah. but. You can't just make him the guy who comes out, chews an apple and spits it at you. That's yeah. the dude. He could be a serious dude. Same. He's built this um, shit. I am glad that they've brought him in. And by the looks of it, he's going to be part of the LWO because I think it's going to be good having two legends involved in that team. Yeah. Now we've got a reason for if Mysterio goes off and does his own thing again and gets back involved with a story with his son, that you've got someone to take over. If anything happens to Mysterio, you've still got a leader there. You've also got an interesting story there where you can have Carlito being like, you know, this is my squad. Yeah, yeah. Like, maybe we end up with an angle with Carlito versus Mysterio. Yeah, I was thinking that cool too. We can go down here. You can get some definite, like, splits in the LWO for sure. Because then you talk about like the different members, like who they would align with and everything as well. So a bit mm. of civil war could happen down the track as well. Yeah. And finally, while we're talking WWE, we have been getting a prominent AEW star being treated like a superstar over the last few weeks. Jade Cargill, we, of course, I think it was on our last uh, episode we talked about, the announcement was made, it was made on SmackDown, that she is part of the roster, but she has been everywhere since then. Mm -hmm. She's showed up on SmackDown, she's showed up at NXT. I reckon they need to bring her out on Raw tomorrow or this week and have everyone guessing where she's going to end up. I love the fact that they're using her name. It also, I might add, Stoked that they've done the same to Nick Aldis as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. Because we're in the era of Google. It's easy enough to Google people and find out what their history is. These are two people who viewers can basically be like, who's this person? Google, Google. Oh, shit, they're a big star over there. <laughs> they're not a nobody. I mean, yeah, I think that the problem is that a lot of people were like, I don't even know who the fuck this guy is. You know, a lot of people are saying that on the internet and that sucks for him considering. Yep. And with Jade as well, there's a little bit of that going too. Yeah, but they're making her look like a star and especially this week having her come face to face with Charlotte Flair. This is one of the fights I do want to see. I don't always want to see Charlotte, but I want to see this. I suppose it opens up a whole new set of matches, right? And not just that, but yeah. it replaces Charlotte in matches too, you know, so those matches will become mm -hmm. fresh as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, here, here's, here's my dream booking here. It's not deep dream booking, but I want Jade to be put on the main roster. I don't want her at NXT. And... Give her a run with the title straight away. You can give her the Goldberg booking. Yeah. Let's run back her undefeated streak again. Do it in WWE. Make her look strong. On her days off, send her to the performance center and keep training her. Mm. But you can you can do that and book her to look strong with the Goldberg yep. booking. Do you think that she's not good? I think that she, I think she's a hell of a lot better. Like her last few matches in AEW were great. Actually, no, let me rephrase that. Her last few matches in AEW were good compared to when she first started in AEW. I think she's got a long way to go before we can put her in the same realm of doing a long match with, with Charlotte, with Bailey, with Mommy, yeah, and that's that. There's the match we get to eventually, right? Yeah, is Rhea and Jade is the one that we build to. I'd keep them away from each um, other for a long time, though. Absolutely, absolutely. I'd pull and, them and almost part of that to mania, right? Yeah, part of that I think is giving, keeping Jade looking strong, keeping Rhea looking strong but using that time to get Jade ring ready for a long mania match. When I say long, I mean a woman's long match that WWE does. <laughs> 20 minutes, right? 10 to 20. Yeah. And look, I think that they can have a really good, strong person match. You know what I mean? Real good beat the piss out of each other back and forth. Oh, absolutely. It's not going to be, it's not going to be a technical five-star Meltzer jizz match. Yeah. It's going, to, it's going to be like, you, you book them like strong men. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to see like big meaty men slapping meat, except women. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm, That's what I want to see. Um, yeah. The other only thing that we've got on our list here to talk about is the, it's the one AEW thing that I think we, we started talking about this before we came on the air. So I think there's a discussion here to have. Edge or Adam Copeland... He's coming to AEW. We're all happy to see him. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah, the has, but. Has this first run fallen flat from the jump? I love Adam Copeland's energy. I love the presence that he brings. I love the way that they've spoken about him and the packages they've done. I don't think the first feud off the bat 
should be Luchasaurus leading the Christian. I think that yeah. in an ideal world, use those guys as the foil, but have it be Christian. I could kind of see what they're doing with it, but it really got kind of aggressive in that Luchasaurus match and it really felt like pretty personal, you know? Like it didn't feel yeah. like it was at Christian's hands. It felt like people were mad and that's what it was. I would have liked to have seen, if not Christian, right off the bat, which, by the way, his promo with Edge where he just said, go fuck yourself, was the best promo. Like, I was so happy to see that. Oh, that was perfect. That entire, that entire thing was well done yeah, executed. That's what I want. You give me that yep. and that alone and I'm good. It doesn't need the rest. Did you, did you watch the promo from Collision this morning? What happened this morning? This morning they had Christian Edge came out. He's doing his thing. Christian comes out with a layer of protection there. He's got bodyguards surrounding him. He stands in the corner, sits up in the top rope in the corner. He's surrounded in the corner by bodyguards. And they're having a back and forth. Then out come the tag team champions. You've got Ricky Stark as well as Big Bill. They come out. Ricky hops in the ring behind Christian's protection and he's basically hope you don't mind me sneaking in here i want to have a go and ftr come out everyone pops it's a good pop because everyone knows the history of edge and ftr but where it breaks down is ricky's trying to give a promo towards ftr and Edge is interrupting the entire thing. And it starts falling to bits. Yeah. And it starts to get a bit personal. So Ricky looks at Edge and he's basically, what are you staring at, bug eyes? <laughs> and he's, I'm looking at those terrible pants and that, what is it, silk shirt? Yeah. He's, yeah, what, what's wrong with it? Yeah, you're a ripoff of the rock. And it, 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 became, it was like, what do you call it? It became... Vanilla midget version of the rock, I think he said, yeah. It was something along the lines of that. And it was just really weird to watch it. I don't think it was scripted. And the delivery of it felt really weird. And it almost, yeah, it just, it felt really disjointed. I I genuinely don't think, and this is a big call, I don't think Edge knows anymore how to do this without writing yeah, okay. I may be wrong, and that may be a harsh call for me to make. Yeah. But I felt like it was Edge that pulled it to bits. Yeah, okay. It fell to bits because of the way Edge's promo and barbs were being delivered. Yeah, okay. And I feel it's like everyone else knows how to ad-lib this mm-hmm. because they haven't had a team of writers telling them what to do when they get out there. Whereas Edge has spent the last 20 years of his career essentially having writers doing this for him and saying, these are your key points, you're going to have to hit this, this is what he's going to say, you can go back at something roughly around this. Yeah. So that's how it felt for me as a viewer. Yeah, okay, interesting. I, mean, I get where you're coming from because he's always seemed so fluid on TV, but that fluidity has probably come from the right things being said at the right time. Yeah, and yeah, and part of it was timing. He felt like he was falling over his words a couple of times. Yeah. It was it, it was very strange. I would um, I would have expected it if he had been gone for ages, but 
Yeah. It seems a bit weird because he's literally had no time off pretty much like since kind of coming back. So Yeah, he took a month off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wild. Yeah, strange. But yeah, I 100% agree. I think the wrong feud for him to be kicking off with it should have been straight to him and, he, uh, him and Christian. The thing is that when he came back, you, you got all your dream matches and everything, and they talk about them all too, you know. They always talk about mm. them. And we're only week one, you know. It's probably a little bit of fucking, not, not, you know, probably doesn't need it. It's probably a bit harsh or whatever. But at the same time, it's, mm. I really thought that the splash would feel a lot bigger than it currently does. Exactly. Look, and you made a good point. We're only a week into this. Yeah. Maybe we've just got to sit back and let them cook. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm not going to judge right now. I'm going to leave it for a bit. But I have yeah. to say that if he's looking to be the replacement for CM Punk, I was really enjoying Collision before. Yeah, look, I only watched half of Collision this week because I had to get out the door to get to do some work stuff. But uh, I'm going to rewatch it tomorrow, possibly. We'll see. I've got a big week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll be back next week, obviously. Like, it's just we've had a lot going on on both sides of the coin here. So, yeah, yeah. Like, just bear with us. Obviously, you know, we've gone past seven episodes, so we're definitely not stopping anytime soon. But we did just needed a little bit more communication and time over the last week, and we just couldn't get there. We've been so flat out, both of us. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. I guess that is pretty much all the stuff that we had kind of earmarked to talk about for the week. Let's move on to some Aussie wrestling. But first, while we're talking about news, let's talk about Pro Wrestling Down Under. Pro Wrestling Down Under is a fantastic source for Australian professional wrestling news and upcoming events, as well as all the latest top news from WWE and AEW. They offer some great exclusive content from interviews, opinion articles, and insights from some of the top Australian wrestlers to make it to the big promotions overseas. PW Down Under aims to be a source of information for people looking to get involved in Australian professional wrestling with events listing, training school bios, and news on the latest seminars across the country. So if you ever wanted to get involved in Australian wrestling, this is the place for you. Visit pwdownunder.com. That's pwdownunder.com. Absolutely. Let's kick things off with New Zealand. We've got Warrior Wrestling with their Aotearoa showdown that's happening November 11th in Takapuna. Warriorwrestling.co.nz for tickets or more information. PWA Black Label has... Collis CM 2023 coming up Saturday 21st and 22nd of October that's next weekend and look as you said this is a big one it's a two day extravaganza it's happening at Liberty Hall in Sydney and we now have confirmation that Zach Sabre Jr. is going to be I there. couldn't believe it it was like literally after hanging up from the last call a week and a half ago that I'm just scrolling like Facebook after we finish talking and it's confirmed Zack Sabre Jr. will be at Coliseum. And I sent you a message I and I was like, fuck, we could have just, couldn't have seen that like an hour ago. It was to the point where I think you sent it through to me and we talked about editing in a, and five minutes later, it was confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what else we've got? All-Star Pro Wrestling Australia have There Can Only Be One. That's happening November the 18th in Padstow. And Renegades of Wrestling over in Melbourne have got their breakthrough event. That is happening Saturday the 11th of November at Renegade Arena in Essendon. Oh, and also, before I get to my side of it, World Series Wrestling, the shows that happened here. 
Oh, dude, they looked amazing. Incredible. And just a quick shout-out to my boy Hayden Zenith for getting a win. He sent a message over on X and he was like, you know, the one time that I actually bring my gear just in case and he ended up having a match against Matt Cardona and beating him. Like, it was such a cool thing to see. He beat the Deathmatch King, so the King cool. of the Indies. I guess that makes him the new King of the Indies, which he's going to love to share around because he has been giving Matt Cardona so much shit ever since that time. So it's been really, really <laughs> good to see on mine. Go check it out if you hadn't, haven't as yet. Oh, it's, it's all available on Fight TV. Check it yes, out. Yes, yes, for sure. We've got EPW Vendetta over here on Saturday the 28th of October 2023. Going to be a huge show, as I have been saying constantly Get around that. Dude, Where's My Ring had another banger show this weekend. They had a famous last words coffin match, which was really cool to see. Their next show is coming up February 23rd, 24. More details to come from there. And the big one, WWE at Optus Stadium for Elimination Chamber, the 21st of February, 2024. Everyone I know is going. Hopefully we're going as well. We'll let you know as it gets a little bit closer. Absolutely. And finally, the EPW Aussie Wrestling Super Show is on the 23rd of February at the Willerton Stadium as well. Lots of stuff going around that time of the year. If you've got some wrestling that's going on in between, please let us know. We'd love to put it on the show. We'd love to sell your shows for you. And that is it. Yeah, we can't talk about it if we don't know about exactly it. Exactly right. <laughs> and that is it for the week here. I'm really happy to be getting back to it. Thank you so much for listening. Fid, thank you for being here as always. And guys, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. It's true. That was my James Blunt. I thought it was really good. Thank you so much for listening. (laughs) And as always, we'll see you down under the ring. 